Good morning. Uh, thank you, musicians, for leading us in worship to the risen Lord Jesus. And good morning to you. We're glad you're here. Happy Easter to you and welcome. This morning, I want to ask you an important question and invite you to think about it with me for a few minutes. What's going to happen to you when you die? I know that's probably not too pleasant a question to think about, but it's really an important one because we're all going to die. And what's going to happen to you when you die? And more importantly, um, where do you get that information? How do you know? Now, there may be some of you who say, well, when I die, that's going to be the end. That's all there is. But most people in America believe that there is some kind of existence after death. Probably 90 to 95 percent, surveys tell us, believe that there is some kind of existence beyond death. Well, what is that going to be like, and how do we know what it's like? Uh, you know, maybe, maybe you're thinking about going to Hawaii. And if you want to go to Hawaii, you could ask me, and I would be glad to tell you some places that you might want to visit, some restaurants to eat at, some places to see, some, some uh, good places to go. Uh, the only thing is, I've never been to Hawaii. <laughs> and that is, so all of my knowledge is secondhand. And some of you have ideas about where you're going to go and what's going to happen after you die. But you're getting that information from a book or from a television show or a movie star or a daytime talk show host or what your grandmother said. And the thing is, none of those people have ever been there and come back either. All of their information is secondhand. So when we think about that question of what's going to happen to you when you die, we ought to listen to the one who has been there and has come back. So before we talk about the question, What's going to happen to you when you die? There's another question I want us to deal with first, and that is, what happened to Jesus when he died? Because he's the one who's been there and back. Where did Jesus go? What did he do after he died? Because the Bible says that if you're connected to Jesus, that is, if you have believed in him as your Savior, and your life is united with him, that your destiny is going to share the same trajectory as that of Jesus. So to answer the question, what's going to happen to you when you die, we first need to understand what happened to Jesus when he died. And we don't have to guess too much about that because Jesus, before he died, told us where he was going. You see, when Jesus was crucified, uh, there were two others who were crucified the same day at the same time. Jesus was in the middle, one on his right, one on his left. There were two criminals. And one of them started mocking Jesus. And he said to him, hey, so you're the Messiah, huh? Why don't you save yourself if you're the Messiah? The other criminal on the other side of Jesus rebuked that guy and said, hey, we deserve what we're getting. We're criminals. This man has done nothing wrong. They're talking back and forth across Jesus. And then that criminal turns to Jesus and he says, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Now that's a pretty big statement of faith to a guy who's dying on a cross, don't you think? And Jesus honored that statement of faith, and here's what he said. I want to show you this verse, Luke 23, 39. Jesus said, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. So what happened to Jesus when he died? 
Well, Jesus said that he was going to go to paradise. Paradise means a garden. It's like the Garden of Eden restored. It's another word for heaven. Jesus is saying that he's going to heaven and you're going to be there with me. So there are three things happened to Jesus when he died. Here's the first one, and that is that his spirit left his body and went to paradise or to heaven when he died. Just a little bit later, Jesus said, the last thing before he died, it says in, in Luke 23, 46, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And when he had said this, he breathed his last. So it's his spirit that leaves his body and goes to paradise because his body stays there upon earth. And it says in the, the next verses, uh, in verse 50, now there was a man named Joseph, a member of the council, a good and upright man who had not consented to their decision and action. And he came from Judean town of Arimathea, and he himself was looking for the kingdom of God. And going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body. And he took it down, wrapped it in linen cloth, and placed it in a tomb cut in the rock, one in which no one had yet been laid. So the first thing that happened to Jesus when he died on Friday, when he was crucified, his spirit went to heaven and his body was entombed. So when Jesus died, today I'll, you'll be with me in paradise. Father, receive my spirit. So Jesus, his spirit, left his body at the moment of his death and ascended back to the Father in heaven. His body stayed upon earth. So for Jesus, there's a separation of spirit and body. And that separation continued Friday night, Saturday, Saturday night, Jesus' body lying in a tomb, Jesus' spirit in heaven, in paradise. And then early Sunday morning, Jesus' spirit descended from heaven, came back into that tomb past the Roman guards, past the stone that had closed it, re-entered his body lying there upon earth, reanimated it, and Jesus was raised from the dead. And so on Sunday, his spirit re-entered his body and he was raised from the dead. The Bible describes the discovery of that, how some women were going to the tomb and they found it empty. Let me read it to you, still in Luke's Gospel, chapter 24, beginning in verse 1. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices that they had prepared and went to the tomb, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them, and in their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, he has risen. And so the second thing that happened to Jesus after he died, first, his body leaves his spirit and goes to heaven. I mean, his spirit leaves his body and goes to heaven. His body's on earth. And then on Easter Sunday morning, that spirit descends into that body and reanimates it and changes it, and he's raised from the dead. Now, this body then is transformed in the process of resurrection, it, is, it bears some similarity to the old body, 
but it bears also some dissimilarity. There's some things very much the same and some things different. Let me read it to you on down in Luke's Gospel, chapter 24. Later that night, Easter Sunday evening, Jesus appeared to his disciples. They were in a locked room. They were afraid. They were discussing the word that the women had brought, that the tomb was empty. And it began in Luke uh, 24, verse 36. And it says, while they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. So they're in a locked room and Jesus appears there. That's a little bit different, right, from, from what body we experience? And they were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost, thinking they saw just the spirit. That would be the only frame of reference they would have. Maybe this is the spirit of Jesus has come back. He said to them, why are you troubled and why do doubts rise in your mind? Look at my hands and my feet. It is, and so the scars are still visible in his hands and his feet. It's evidence that it's really him. And he, and he says uh, to them, Touch me and see a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. And so in this new resurrection body, Jesus is touchable. Uh, he, you could, he, your hand doesn't pass through him. He's, he's, he's real. He's, he's touchable. And they still are, are not believing. Verse 40, when he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they were still did not believe it, because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. So you hear this, the, see the difference and the similarity in this resurrection body? Uh, he, he, he can pass through a, a locked doors into a room, but he can still eat fish and it doesn't fall out on the floor, you know. He, 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 he holds that. Now how can he do that? Uh, how can he both move through solid objects and, and contain solid objects? I don't know, but I watched Star Trek when I was a kid growing up, and they ate, and then they could be transported from one place to another. And I figure God's smarter than Scotty and all those people, don't you? So they can do it. God can do it. I don't know how that's possible, but it's a, a new resurrection body. And then the third thing that happened to Jesus after he died Forty days later, after he had spent those days appearing to them on earth and teaching them and preparing them for the future, 40 days later, then it says he ascended into heaven. And so here's the third part in uh, Luke 24, verse 50. When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Now, this is different from just his spirit leaving his body when he died on the cross because now this is spirit and body reunited bodily. He is ascending back into heaven. What happened to Jesus after, his after he died? Three things. His spirit left his body at the moment of his death, went to paradise, to heaven, to be with the Lord. He remained there for a while of waiting and after the time of waiting, when the time was right, Sunday morning, spirit descended from heaven, re-entered his body, transformed it into a different form, was raised from the dead and appeared to his disciples. And then, after a period of time, he ascended bodily into heaven 
And that's where he is now. Now let's consider our second question. What's going to happen to you when you die? And the good news of Easter is that if you believe in Jesus as your Messiah and Lord, and you put your faith in Him, the Bible says that you are united with Him. That's what we picture in baptism. If you become a follower of Jesus, we ask you to be baptized because that's what the Bible says to do. That pictures that union. I've been united with Jesus in his death and resurrection. And so when you are joined to Jesus by repentance and faith, you share the same fate. Your destiny will follow the same trajectory as that of Jesus. So... That means that three things are going to happen to you after you die if you're a follower of Jesus. First of all, at the moment of your death, your spirit is going to depart from your body and go to paradise or heaven. Your body's going to stay here on earth somewhere. It's going to be buried or it's going to be destroyed. But your spirit's going to go be with the Lord. The Bible tells us this. I could share you several places, but let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 6, uh, verse uh, 5. And it says, we're always confident and know that as long as we're at home in the body, we're away from the Lord. So when you're in the body, you're, you're some distance from the Lord. You're living by faith. But the next verse, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 8 says, we're confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So that's what's going to happen to you if you're a believer at the time of your death. You're going to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. And that state's going to last until Jesus comes. Just as there was a time of waiting for Jesus, a time of waiting for us. So it's a lot longer than three days, sure. And some of you are living in that time of waiting where you've said goodbye to loved ones and it's a time of waiting to see them again. But certainly that second part is going to be repeated in your life as well. One day Jesus is going to come back and when he comes back, he's going to bring those spirits of dead believers with him and your spirit is going to descend and enter into your body and it's going to be resurrected and transformed. Let me read one place to you. The Bible tells us this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 14. It says, We believe that Jesus died and rose again. And then here's the connection with us. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in Him. That is, those who have died believing in Him. He's going to bring them with him when he comes. Well, what, who's he bringing? He's not bringing the bodies. They're still here on earth. He's bringing the spirits of those who have died. Here comes that thief on the cross. His spirit, his body's somewhere over in Jerusalem. It's dust somewhere now. His body's in a tomb somewhere in Jerusalem or thrown out on a garbage heap in Jerusalem and, and rotted and gone. But his spirit is going to come with Jesus and his spirit's going to descend and re-enter that body and it'll be raised from the dead. And people say to me, well, but how could that happen uh, uh, you know, the bodies are turned to dust. Or what if you've been cremated? Say, we cremated my grandmother and spread her ashes on the ocean. Listen, 
The God who can raise Jesus from the dead when the devil wanted to keep the lid on that tomb more than anything else in the world, he can do anything. He can find the molecules of your body, your DNA, your chromosomes that have been scattered wherever they may be, and he'll reassemble that DNA so that you'll be you for all eternity, and he'll re-enter that and reanimate that, your spirit will be raised from the dead. Let me read to you another verse in 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 16. It says, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And so those spirits, your spirit, if you've died before he comes, come down and find your body wherever it is, reanimate it, reassemble it, and raise it in a glorified state. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 says, By His power God raised the Lord from the dead. And then here's that connection. And He will raise us also. He's our pattern. He's the model. And the same power that raised Him will raise us. And just as His body was transformed, so our bodies will be transformed as well. Let me read to you Philippians chapter 3. Verses 20 and 21, our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there. You see, some of us are living like on Saturday, that time between Friday and Sunday. We eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring under everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they'll be like His glorious body. And so, we'll have that same kind of transformation. You'll still be you, still be recognizable, still have your personality and your individuality, and yet there'll be some dissimilarity because those things that, have, that uh, characterize the curse of this earth, all of that deformity and sickness and aging and wrinkling and all of those things will be gone. Some would, somebody has said, well, if we're going to be like his earthly body, he had scars because he told, or his resurrection body, he said, put your hands here, touch the, the prints so that you'll believe that it's me. So if he had scars, are we going to have scars? What if you've been severely uh, injured in life? I don't think so. I think the scars of Jesus may be unique, that they will be an eternal reminder to us of the greatness of his love and sacrifice. I don't know that, but, but I think that those scars are going to be a unique remainder from life here and that we'll be made whole. In fact, somebody has said the nail prints and the spear print in the body of Jesus may be the only man-made thing in heaven an eternal reminder of his great love for us that he bears that still in his resurrection body in heaven. But our bodies are going to be transformed to be like his body. Now, Christians differ then about the timing of the next part. The third part is the ascension. You're going to ascend Christians differ about how that works. Some think as our spirits descend in the air and come into those bodies and reanimate them, and it says we'll meet the Lord in the air and forever be with Him, where do we go there? Some think, well, that we're going to 
descend bodily to earth, share with him in the victory over evil at Armageddon, and then leave this earth before its destruction and ascend to heaven. That's the kind of view right there. Some think that we're going to descend to earth, share in his victory, reign for a thousand years, and in, in fulfilling his earthly promises, and then ascend. That's the view. Some think that when we meet in the air, we're going to immediately ascend for seven years, come back down, stay for a thousand, then ascend. That's a kind of view right there. It doesn't matter. What I'm going to do, I'm sticking with Jesus. He said, he goes, say, go this, I'm going that way. He says, I'm going that way. What he says, we'll be forever with the Lord from that point on. We'll be with one another, reunited. But most of all, we'll be with the Lord. And at some point, when he's finished his business, we're going to ascend and be a part of a new heaven and a new earth. Do you see those, those three things that happened to Jesus are going to be repeated in your experience if you've been united with him? What's going to happen to you when you die? Harry Houdini was an escape artist in the early part of the 20th century. He thrilled American audiences by escaping from handcuffs and chains and straitjackets and coffins buried in the ground and coffins in underwater chambers and all kind of things. Houdini died on Halloween 1926. But before he died, he told his wife, I'm going to try to come back from the dead. I've escaped everything else. I'm going to try to communicate with you on the anniversary of my death. You be aware. You watch. You listen. So for 10 years, every Halloween, 1926 to 1936, Houdini's wife held a seance, tried to wait and to watch and to listen for Houdini to communicate from the dead. Finally, on the 10th anniversary of his death, the seance was broadcast live on radio all over the world. They waited. They listened. Finally, the, the host yelled out, Houdini, are you here? Are you here, Houdini? Please manifest yourself in any way possible. We've waited, Houdini, oh so long. Never have you been able to present the evidence you promised. Hearing nothing, he turned to Houdini's wife and asked her what to do. And she said, Houdini did not come through. My last hope is gone. I don't believe he can come back to me or to anyone. It's finished. I turn out the light. What's going to happen to you after you die? And where do you get your information in what you believe? There's only one reliable source. There's only one person who has been there and has come back to tell about it. And his name is Jesus. And I mentioned a moment ago that if you want to go somewhere, it's good to ask somebody who's really been there. But if you really want to go to an exotic location, you need to not just talk to somebody who's been there. You've got to have a guide. If you're going to climb Mount Everest, it's not enough 
just to talk to somebody who's been there. You've got to have somebody go with you. You've got to have a Sherpa. You've got to have somebody who can navigate that difficult terrain in that exotic destination. Every one of us, unless we survive to the coming of the Lord, and then we'll have to go through a translation as well, every one of us is going to die. One of the most important questions for you to consider, what's going to happen to you when you die? The good news of Easter is we don't have to wonder. We don't have to guess. We have a guide, a trailblazer who has been there and back and has said, I'll take you with me. And he offers to come into your life and give you assurance and hope that you can live with confidence as you face your mortality, that just as Jesus, spirit left his body, went to paradise. Body came, descended, and his body was resurrected and transformed nature and ascended to heaven bodily forever. Those same three things can happen in your life if you'll put your faith and hope in Jesus Christ. I want to invite you to stand together with me right now. We're going to have a time of invitation and invite you to do just that. Today, would you like to have that assurance that you have somebody on your side who's been there and somebody on your side who will guide you? You can link your life to Jesus. And when you confess him as Lord of your life, repent of your sin, and follow him, he gives you that same trajectory in your life. I'm going to invite you If you want to confess Jesus as Lord, we're going to have baptism next Sunday. You could next Sunday be baptized and portray that death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus in the water of baptism. It begins today if you'd say, I want to put my faith in Jesus. I invite you to walk forward and meet me or another pastor here. That's the way in our church you indicate I want to be a follower of Jesus. In the same way, maybe you need a church home. What better day than Easter to make a new beginning in your spiritual life and connect with a church family? We'd welcome you to join this church in the same way. Just walk forward as we sing. Let's sing together.